on a Tuesday. Going to talk some hoops this hour with the uh, head coaches from UL, Gary Broadhead, women's head coach, Bob Marlin, men's head coach. That coming your way a little bit later. Jay Walker in studio with me this morning between 8 and 9, Terrible Tune Tuesday. We'll talk tons about the um, – that. <laughs> even though even though it's been, I don't know, what, 36 hours since it ended? Not quite 36 hours, but about 35 hours since the NFL divisional round ended. Going to hit on that some with him. Where does it rank? Where does it stack? About the overtime issue, rule, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a lot. We'll talk college hoops as well with JUL and LSU a little bit. We're going to dig into that in the 8 o'clock hour. One thing I didn't get into yesterday because really it, it wasn't. It was hard to outshine what unfolded on the NFL gridiron Saturday and Sunday. Had the games all been kind of boring, had it, you know, then then maybe this would have been the big story yesterday. But the latest Sean Payton rumors. Most Saints fans will tell you, you know, this is old news. It's clickbait. It happens every year. Sean Payton's not going anywhere. I have always been of the opinion that if Sean Payton wants to keep coaching in the NFL, he wouldn't leave where he is because he's making buku money and he's got full control. You don't get autonomy at every single franchise as the head coach. In fact, most head coaches don't get it. Payton loves control. He's got all of it in New Orleans, all of it. And it's the reason why I've always said, I mean, why would he leave that for another team? Now, the reason this year feels little different than years past i i still someone asked me yesterday are you really buying into this he's going to coach a different team next year no i do not believe he will coach a different team next season the only reason it feels a little different this year and there are more reports is because it's not about him leaving or in a trade for him or him leaving to go be the coach of the, the cowboys it's because there are reports that he could be eyeing a job in TV, maybe taking a year away from coaching, maybe more, get little R&R. Maybe he's just exhausted. Maybe he wants to spend more time with his, you know, new wife. I, I It felt for a moment like it was the, the typical offseason stories of, oh, Peyton might be leaving and nothing happened. I'll say this, sources, people are talking, a lot of that can come straight from Sean Payton's agent. It could all be a ploy to get more money, and it might work. I mean, he's under contract through the 2026 season, $45 million. It's it's not an issue of money. Oh, he should go somewhere else. No, it's it's he doesn't get as much control. The only reason it feels a little different is, is it, is he just, does he want to step away? And if he did end up coaching another NFL team, it wouldn't be next year. It would be because he would leave and go into television and then maybe after a year or two decide, yeah, I'm out. Amazon reportedly might be making a big push to get Troy Aikman to be with them 
as they're getting their own NFL package of games next year. And if he ends up leaving Fox, Fox has eyes for Sean Payton, which, I mean, you want Sean Payton in the booth with Joe Buck? I don't know. It'd feel kind of weird, but whatever. I... The fact that he won't return calls for me and Rappaport doesn't mean anything. He's on vacation and he is tweeting at, you know, German Bushrod about Lil Wayne. So he, he sees his phone. He might be enjoying a little bit of this. Do I think he's going to be coaching another team in 2022? No, I don't. I think the odds are in favor of him coaching the Saints, but I don't think you should completely ignore the, the reports, multiple reports, that... Yeah, you might want to just step away for a little while, a year or two. And if that's the case, then he will have coached his last game for the Saints. You don't leave and then come back to the same team a year or two later. You don't. Right now, I put it at 90% he's back with the Saints next year, 10% he's not coaching anyone next season. And that 10% is a lot higher than the 0.1% I've given in the past, or rather the 0% I've given in the past of him leaving the Saints to go coach somewhere else. But it, 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 got, it got fans talking. It got different fan bases talking. It got people, you know, it got Saints fans somewhere at others saying, oh, come on, you know, this is all ridiculous. Ian Rappaport has put out some pretty... ridiculous things in the past that, that weren't even close to being true. But he didn't even really put, all he put it out anything is that he hasn't fully committed to returning to New Orleans for 2022, which was funny when Alvin Kamara tweeted out, I haven't fully committed to putting ketchup on my fries tonight. Fletcher Mack will have more on the news tonight. That was funny. That was good. That was good. Keep it a local for a minute. Before we, uh, we talk to coaches, Gary Broadhead and Bob Marlowe, this is the great Scott show. CSP and Lafayette. The state of Louisiana, tons of football talent, right? We say it a lot, tons of football talent. They got a lot of players in the NFL from a per capita basis in terms of the size of the state is currently second in the country right now in terms of players in the NFL. A lot of NFL talent. So when you look up and down the rosters of the four teams remaining, There are a lot of Louisiana ties. Now, some of those players just played college ball in Louisiana and weren't from Louisiana, and others maybe played college ball elsewhere but are from the state of Louisiana. In total, by my count, when you look at also IR and practice squad and whatnot, for the four teams left, two of which will be in the Super Bowl, there are 18 players with Louisiana ties. 18. Last year in the Super Bowl, you had, you had 10 just on, in, with Louisiana ties just on the two Super Bowl rosters. You might have more this year, but most of them are going to come out of the AFC. I say you might have more. The most you could have is 10 because the Bengals would have to play the Rams. You know, the Niners obviously are the ones that here where we are, everyone knows Elijah Mitchell, right? From Erath, only a two-star recruit for some ridiculous reason, but went to Louisiana. Should have been a high-rate recruit is my point. And just bald. He was great. And he's had a great rookie year. And he's doing big things for the Niners in big moments on the biggest stage. 
And then the Niners have a player that went to LSU in Arden Key, though he's from Georgia originally. But there's two for the Niners. Their opponent, the Rams, well, you know Andrew Whitworth, right? You know Odell Beckham Jr. Both went to LSU. Whitworth from Monroe, Odell from New Orleans. And then you got a guy that's on the IR that played with Elijah Mitchell, Raymond Kale. Started Cecilia from Brobridge, starred with Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and uh, was doing big things last year as a return man for the Rams. Unfortunately, ended up on IR this year, but, but there he is. He's on the roster. The Rams win it all. Guess what? He gets a ring. In the AFC, though, there are, there are a ton. Right? You look at the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obviously, from Baton Rouge, went to LSU. You got Darrell Williams, who backed up Leonard Fournette and was just a backup in four years at LSU, but was consistent, was solid, was good, played all four years. UDFA with the Chiefs has stuck on that team and has consistently been a dependable player for him. He's won a ring with him. He's won a lot of games with him from New Orleans, went to LSU. You have Tyron Matthew, of course, from New Orleans, who went to LSU, who... Boy, they missed when he left that game early, huh? With a concussion, they still escape with a win. You got some other players as well. Legeria Sneed, who played at La Tech, who's from Minden. You had Derek Gore, who spent time at ULM, although he's from Syracuse, New York. And then you got Elijah McGuire, who may or may not be on the team this week. Elijah, who won a ring with the Chiefs. He's been on and off their practice squad and regular season roster a good bit this year. And Eli was uh, on the practice squad last week up until Wednesday, and then he got released. And he's kind of bounced on and off. So don't be surprised if he's back on the roster here. Right? Anybody that follows NFL rosters close, it's the Saints. You're seeing guys signed off the practice squad. You're seeing elevated to the active roster for regular season game, back down, not signed, back down. I mean, Will Clapp probably, you know, even though he played a number of games for the Saints this year, the most sore part of his body is probably his wrist from constantly having to sign contracts on and off the team consistently, whether it be regular season or practice. That's McGuire right now for the Chiefs. Hopefully, he's back up, back at him, back on him this Sunday. And then you go to the Bengals where you've got seven players by my count with some Louisiana ties. Now, some of them aren't from Louisiana originally, but played college ball in Louisiana. The most obvious being Mr. Joe Burrow. Big Joe Burrow One of the celebrated players in the NFL right now, the talk of the NFL, certainly reaching a certain status in Cincinnati, doing things that they haven't done there since the 80s. And then you got Thaddeus Moss, who was a teammate of his at LSU. Thaddeus Moss is injured, not playing right now, originally from Charlotte, but went to LSU. And of course you have Jamar Chase, the first-round pick, and the connection that he and Burrow have, and everything Chase does and has done and continues to do. Incredible rookie. From New Orleans, went to LSU. Other, uh, you have Camp Sample, a Georgia native who played at Tulane. You have Brandon Wilson, who went to Houston, but's from Shreveport. You have Trent Taylor, a receiver for the Bengals, who's from Shreveport, but went to La Tech. And then you have Tyler Shelvin. Lafayette, Louisiana, baby. Went to LSU. Played in high school at Northside, spent some time in high school at Notre Dame, and has carved out a niche for himself on a Bengals team that is right there on the doorstep. I mean, that is 
That's a lot of talent. From the state of Louisiana, when you look at at the ties for the last four teams there and, and some you know, some Louisiana natives, others that just played college ball in the state, but some are injured, others on the practice squad, and others are the best players on their teams. ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Pray. This is the Great Scott Show, ESP and Lafayette, 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESP and Lafayette app. If you're listening via the stream, it is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Let me tell you guys about something real quick, not sports related, but something we can all support, and that is our veterans. The Post 69 Project Patriot Home Giveaway. Enter. Enter. A house built at 238 Alpine Drive in Lafayette. It's in the uh, Birchman Oak subdivision. And you can buy a ticket and support your local veterans. Support the Post 69 Project Patriot Division. Go to post69projectpatriot.org. Purchase your ticket today, and you get a chance to win a beautiful home. Awesome stuff. We'll be talking more about it, but uh, the giveaway is uh, on March 31st. You have an early bird drawing on January 31st and February 28th with all proceeds staying with the Acadian region. And when you purchase a ticket, I, 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 I would tell you, please consider buying a ticket for a wounded war hero as well. So great stuff. We're proud to be a sponsor of this. Again, go to post69projectpatriot.org, learn more, support your local veterans, buy a ticket, and hey, have a chance to win a beautiful home. You have a chance to do that. You will help the veterans who have done so much for us. All right, emails. We got one from Jacques here. He says, Scott, Tom Brady played his last NFL game. Uh, Jacques, I lean toward no. There has been chatter amongst the uh, Tampa Bay organization that he might have. I think there was a lot of people, you know, that typically sit in his suites at the games. They weren't even there last Sunday. And I think people were reading into that for some reason, which I don't. I mean, I guess if they thought it was going to be his last game, maybe he'd want him there. Maybe he doesn't want a big goodbye tour. But he's going to be 45 next year. He threw for 5,300 yards this year. Like, why walk away now? How many QBs are you taking over Brady? You're taking a few. I get it. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I guess for him, it's like his last game. Oh, he let him back. They tied it. And then this, you know, the the Tampa Bay defense, eh. Brady strikes me as a guy that if he went home and like, you know, just did his TB12 thing and invested in all his medicinal businesses that they get bored. And at some point he will, but it, I don't know. Does he strike you as a guy that wants to leave the game still playing at a high level? Whatever he's doing to keep the, you know, keep the age moving at a slower rate than the rest of us. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I don't think he's played his last game. 
If he did, though, good luck to Tampa next year. Good luck. Best of luck to you. This is the ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What happens when you're on a road trip with your basketball team? You think you're playing two. It's the longest road trip of the season. You get word on Thursday you're not going to have a game Saturday. You don't have a director of basketball operations. You need to prepare for a game that night, but you also got to start worrying about, well, how are we going to get home? Are we going to have to just travel around for a few days and then eventually fly home? We're going to ask Coach Gary Broadhead that and how come, you know, I, I, I get it this week. They're coming off of a loss. But, like, why in the last two years for a team that won the Sun Belt in the regular season last year, right, undefeated during the regular season in the Sun Belt, he lost one game, he was in the tournament, for a team that's had a lot of success in the Sun Belt and has some really good players, why haven't they had a, a Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week last year or even this year? We'll get Coach Broadhead's thoughts on that. We're going to talk to Coach Marlin right after that, Cajun Min. His thoughts on the guard play in both games last week. What's coming up this week? Two more at home. That's all coming your way. We'll have open phone lines after that. We got Jay Walker in studio at 8 this morning. This is the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports College Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather. 
Louisiana Raging Cajun women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead joins us now. His squad 11 and 4 on the season. 3 and 2 in conference play unfortunately have now had 3 games canceled uh, due to COVID, but that is that is life in uh, in college athletics right now. They are scheduled to host ULM this Saturday. Red Panda will be there, but uh more importantly, some good basketball will be there as well. Good morning, Coach Broadhead. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Good morning, Scott. Doing real good. So I, I, ready, to, I, I ready to start playing again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's where we got to start. Certainly, I, I want to talk about you know the game with you, but when you when you when you get on a road trip, just from a scheduling standpoint, out of curiosity, when you get to Boone uh, Wednesday, you're thinking, okay, we got we got two road games here, and then you find out before the first road game that the second road game isn't going to happen. How much does that impact? I mean, obviously, who who handles travel? Do you start worrying about leaving early while also balancing? Look, we got a game we got to focus on tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, we shorthanded this year. We got a, two positions, our DR positions not filled, and our player development positions not filled. And they usually handle a lot. Well, they handle all the traveling. So Mary Chris is uh, Mary Chris Vogue is an assistant now. She kind of. Was uh, she was actually a diop before, so she kind of handles a lot and tries to fill in. But I mean, we come out from practice on Wednesday at uh, App State and find out that you know Coastal is going to be out because of COVID, and now we're worried about how we're going to get back. You know, we got, we travel 25 people and you know commercial flight and all that. It's like, man, are we going to be stuck till Sunday here? Right. And all that. So we start working on it. And then you can't really get the airlines to do anything until you have that form, you know, form saying that, you know, it's a medical issue and blah, blah, blah. So we actually got up early the next morning and, and really the, the day of the game, we're working on trying to figure out how we can get back on Friday, you know. So it, it, it worked out, but man, it's a, it's a problem, you know. It's just, you know, uh, when you fly in commercial like that many people, it, it's hard. Uh, we thought we would have to come back on two different flights and all that, but it ended up working out. Uh, yeah, it was a kind of a surprise, you know. You get out of practice on Wednesday uh, by six o'clock, and then you know you get an email saying that they're out. So it was just kind of surprising. And then I didn't tell the kids till uh, till shoot around the next morning. So you know they didn't really know any anything that was going on. So and they they usually handle it pretty good. It's just to try to get all the travel and yeah. Hotels, because now we so that that all falls the on the stat. It falls on you and the other coaches when that happens, uh, yeah. coach. Yeah, Man, usually your diop will take care of it. You know, you start they start working on sure. it. And the other thing was the weather was so bad, we didn't even know if we'd be able to fly. So we're on the top of the mountain uh, in Boone, and we're thinking we're going to stay that night. And they're like, "No, you better not stay that night if you try to fly out tomorrow." So we right after the game, we got on the bus and went two and a half hours down into Charlotte. And now it was like to find a hotel in Charlotte, kind of near near the airport, you know. So, yeah, we did it, you know. It's kind of kind of part of what we're doing this year, you know. Uh, lucky we only have two more. I think we only have two more road trips, so we're almost done. Is is your plan to have a director of basketball ops next season? Oh, definitely. You know, we really wanted one this year. You know, when Mary Chris was hired in June, uh, in July, we we you know we just they just never got you know, so we just. Uh, yeah, we need, we definitely, just, we yeah. are definitely shorthanded. And, and I know you, yeah, you're only, you're only answering these questions because I'm asking you, I know you're not saying it, it's an excuse or anything, um, no. whether you play good or bad. You just, I mean, I think there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, especially on your staff and all these things that you guys have to juggle. 
I know you're glad to be back home this week, although you don't play until Saturday. But but briefly looking back at the game at App, you know, um, I mean, you guys, you did good on the boards. I know, you know, turnovers were an issue, but App turned it over too. What, what in your mind was the biggest key to that game and, and why you guys came up uh, just short? No, you're right. I mean, I think that the rebounds, you know, our rebound by 12 is big for us. But, you know, we've lost and won some games by – you know, gotten getting beat out, rebounded or not, you know. So I think it's the turnovers. If you look at, uh, we had 25 turnovers for 26 of their points, and then they had 21 turnovers for 11 uh, of of our points. So I think that was the biggest thing. Those 26 points they got off of turnovers just hurt us. And you know, we started the game just kind of being a little sloppy with the ball, and you know, we had, you know, just I mean for no reason, not that much pressure, you know. I think they just made us – they played like a 1-3-1 one, one half-court trap, and they just made us feel uncomfortable. And uh, we just never could get comfortable the whole game. You know, a lot of times we got good looks and missed layups. Uh, we only shot six free throws, you know, and we only made two. So, you know, our percentage, we, we, we were 0 for 10 from the three. So we just didn't play a – you know, we just didn't show up, you know. And I felt pretty good about it because we had a practice the day before there and we we looked really good and you know looked com- comfortable and it just didn't we just couldn't put it together it, the the this is the week in the schedule where you don't have the midweek game uh you know coming off a week where you lost one so a lot of time between games coach i mean we we talked about this last year there were a number of times where you had a gap in play but you know does do you change practice do you change routine thing when you have you know, uh, more time between games than than you than you normally had, or, or rather than you were scheduled to have. If that makes sense. Yeah, we do. We do. You know, like today will be like we let them off this weekend, but we starting today, and we do a lot of fundamental stuff, stuff that we really need that we could have really used on Thursday. You know, passing drills, and we'll go through a lot of fundamental things that we just don't. We're not. You know, we need to re- refresh on. You know, we'll do it normally. But this, I mean, Mondays is going to be not about Monroe or anything. It's going to be about what we need to do as a team, be more fundamental, you know, doing some of the job. I mean, just some of the simplest things, you know, and you get them back going and you get them flowing, do a lot of back cuts, but a lot of passing drills, you know, and then the defensive stuff, just simple stuff of closing out and, and working on shell drill and stuff that we normally do every day, but we do it quickly. Today is going to be real slow and, and focus just mainly on us. ESPN Live, he had the best ticket in sports, Rage Cage Women's Hoops this Saturday, 2 o'clock at the Cajun Dome. Uh, I think Red Panda is uh, is scheduled to be there for those of you that haven't seen. The uh, the acrobat riding a seven-foot unicycle in high heels while catching and balancing bowls on the top of her head. It's really cool. It's something. And, of course, you got great hoops uh, as well to look forward to. Final question for you, Coach. And I'm not I, – I you know, one thing I always appreciate you is – your answers are always, I don't know, you, you, you just, you're very straightforward and I appreciate it. You don't sort of dance around things. And so I've, I've been curious about this and I, maybe you talked about it a little bit last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know this year you guys have never had a, a Sunbelt player of the week. I don't, I don't think you did last year either. I could be wrong for a team that, that won the Sunbelt last year. And certainly, you know, I know you guys aren't in first place now, but you've had some success and, and you've won 11 games. Why do you think you guys have never had a player, uh, at least, you know, in the last year or so, win the, the, the Sunbelt Conference? I say win. It's, it's not, you know, uh, be awarded the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. 
Well, you know, I think like, you know, uh, I mean, with Ty a couple of weeks ago, you know, her having those double doubles and scoring and well, I think she had 16 rebounds. No, I'm sorry. 18 rebounds yeah. and block shots and all that. Well, that same week hood from Texas state, uh, averaged 30 points a game. You know, she had a 32 point game and a 29 point game. So it, it kind of took it away from her, you know? And, uh, and I think we're more of a balanced team. I don't think we have that one person that's going to do all the scoring. And I think it goes on a lot of, a lot of the scoring. I mean, they look at scoring big time, you know, instead of, you know, maybe rebounds or, you know, on the defensive side and all that. So I think that's how they, they pretty much vote. And most, of, I think most of the voting's done. I, I don't vote. So, you know, our SID will vote. So most of the votes are done by the SIDs and stuff like that. And that might, that could be a reason, you know, they, I don't know how connected they really are. Well, you sure, know, you, you're just kind of, things. I guess they're just looking at a box score. Who did good offensively? Who yeah. shot at a high clip? Did they have a lot of turnovers? Not really. Okay, you put the name down. I'm not even knocking them, but it's like, I guess, kind of the way the system's set up and the fact that from a scoring standpoint, you guys have a lot of balance. That's, I guess that's the obvious answer to the question. And and as you put it, sometimes yeah. it's just timing, you know, like Denisha Hood, she yeah. just has a, an outstanding, you know, couple games the same week Ty said put up monster numbers. Yeah. And I think that's what happens sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, when we do have somebody that does really well, somebody else uh, in the conference does. And, you know, conference is kind of wide open right now. I mean, everybody's kind of stuck either way at the bottom or at the top, you know, and I I feel we're, you know, it's going to be wide open because I think anybody can beat anybody. Oh, you're right there. You're uh, you're a half game back of uh, Little Rock and App um, and, and you've played one game more than they have in conference. And, now you got three in a row at home uh, beginning this Saturday with the matchup against ULM. We'll uh, have it on the airwaves beginning 145. Steve Peliquin has the call from Learfield. Coach Gary brought in and his squad taking on the Warhawks. Coach, I always appreciate you taking the time every week. I'm glad you guys made it back. And um, I hope next season you have that director of basketball operations <laughs> that can t- take away a couple of the headaches you have to deal with so you can focus on, you know, the main goal, which is winning basketball games and, and helping these young ladies you know, grow up no and uh, and learn from the sport of basketball, not just about the game, but about life. No doubt. Well, we appreciate you, Scott. All the best, Coach. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks. Go Cajuns. All right. So that was our uh, conversation with Rage Cajun women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. Now we will shift gears to the men's side of things, and we are joined now by Louisiana head basketball coach Bob Marlin. Cajuns coming off of a uh, 69-59 win over Troy. Saturday night at the Cajun Dome. And uh, good morning, Coach. Uh, how are you today? Doing great, Scott. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I hope you're staying warm in this weather. I mean, it's a nice thing about hoops. Yeah, you get to play it indoors. And, um, you know, I, I guess we could start with last week, the loss and then the win. Um, things got a little cold from the field late in the first half last Thursday. You uh, you dropped the game then on Saturday you get the win against Troy, who at the time was the top of the Sunbelt Conference. What was the biggest difference in those two games for you guys to uh, bounce back from Thursday and, and get a win on Saturday? Well, we really worked hard on Friday uh, watching the film and create some opportunity for us on the offensive end against Troy, and we were able to do that. South Alabama caused us issues with their length, and, and uh, we, we struggled with the ball we didn't make good decisions guard play wasn't solid to end the first half and then second half 
with about so um, I think they went 11 of 12 down a stretch and hit 21 of their last 25 shots. So our defense failed us in that game as well. Well, on Saturday you uh, you got it done with a win, and and you didn't have your leading scorer and rebounder Jordan Brown. What's what's the status of of Brown right now, Coach? Looks like uh, he's got a, a shoulder strain. He hurt it early in the game against South Alabama, uh, left shoulder, and uh, was coming up with the ball, and and the guy came down on his shoulder. Uh, but it looks like it's just a strain, and uh, we've had some doctors look at him on Saturday and then again on Sunday and he's doing some rehab and hopefully be able to go this week. So right now undetermined, but hopefully he can go now. But I guess the good news is it's, it's nothing, nothing long-term right now, nothing like serious that would keep him out for a long period of time. No, it's something that should not require surgery. That's good. Um, he's been good for you. Uh, you, you guys get the win uh, Saturday and coach, I, I think, for this year, you know, it's been, you know, a good bit of ups and downs. Um, can you remember a season to this point where you didn't have, I guess, a win or a loss sort of back-to-back? It was just three wins, three losses, three wins, two losses. Like, it's a lot of streaks here. And I know with two games at home this week, you're you're looking for another winning streak here. But just, I imagine some of the, the roster turnover week-to-week has something to do with that. But can you remember a season quite like this one in terms of, just the layout of how these streaks have gone? That's been a while. A few years ago, we had, a, had numerous injuries and, and uh, played shorthanded in the backcourt for, for quite a streak. And I know we, we lost uh, four in a row at that stage, I think. And uh, we've had great winning streaks almost every year that I've been here in conference of, of six wins in a row or more. We've done that several times. Uh, and we need to put one of those streaks together, Scott. But you're exactly right. It's the roster changing up. And, you know, we go to Texas and we, we don't have Theo. And looking back, that was important. I think you could have helped in the Arlington game. Obviously, we gave up a high percentage from two in the second half. And then he could have been a difference maker in the game at, at Texas State also. And and we don't have Jordan. We've We've been without him twice and been able to win both times. But... We, we had the, the win against A-State without him, and then the Little Rock games canceled. Just things beyond our control. I mean, the way things have fallen, it's, it's, you just have to be ready to play and you got got to play with who you have, and, and everyone else is in the same situation. Bob Allen, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Coach, how far can your guard play take you the rest of the way this season? How key are they? Well, they're just important to what we're trying to do. We just need some consistency. Felt like we really put 40 minutes together against Troy, and that's the first time that we've played 40 minutes in a long time and uh, didn't have a uh, breakdown on, on either side of the ball. And if we can continue to be consistent, I think our guards can take us you know, all the way. This thing's going to be wide open. We're, what, two games out in the in the loss column into a team we've already beaten. So uh, it's going to be difficult with the uncertainty of games that have been canceled and uh, to have a winning percentage, higher winning percentage when you play fewer number of games. How, how are you feel um, about Greg Williams play so far this season? You know uh, what he's been great at and, and what you feel like he's still improving on. Well, he's, he's had a good, 
second semester, to be honest, Scott, he, you know, just hurt the first semester. His back bothered him quite often and had, had some issues and some games because of that and, and wasn't able to practice the way he wanted to. But he's gotten more comfortable. Uh, he, he jumped up, hit big shots in several of the games for us, and that's what we need. Uh, and I told him, I talked with him on Friday, wanted to be more aggressive on offense and, and be the leader that uh, he is. And that's, you know, why we wanted him here on our basketball team. And he was able to do that. I think the score was, what, 57 apiece the other night. He made made a big bucket up top, and then he found Kentrell, got a great assist, and, and made some big plays for us, winning plays down the stretch. So I think Greg's only going to get better and better. You got Georgia State Saturday, Georgia's excuse me, Georgia State this Thursday, Georgia Southern on uh, on Saturday. It is uh, the Louisiana Salutes and Blackout game this Thursday on Saturday. It's um, part of a, a women's men's doubleheader, two and seven o'clock. Take a kid to a game, faculty staff appreciation and rally program day. So a lot of stuff happening for the fans that go, but uh, for you guys, coach, I, I want to ask you about the Panthers. You know, I know Cajun fans talk about recent history between the two programs, but really, what are your thoughts on the season Georgia State has had up to this point and where they're at? Well, they have struggled. They've lost, what, three games uh, to, to, to COVID, and uh, they have not played extremely well. I guess they've lost four games, maybe, uh, to COVID, but they've got an experienced group, Scott, that could return the five starters that uh, had a, a, a good season last year, and that's why they were picked to win the league. They've got five fifth-year seniors that are starting for them, and just like a lot of these teams were playing, they have older guys. But uh, Georgia State is talented. They've got good guard play. They've struggled so far. They've lost three of their four games at home, uh, but they, and uh, lost one on the road. So uh, they're going to kick it in at some point. I think they've had some COVID issues as well as other issues also. And, uh, but they've got a good basketball team. They were picked first in the league for a reason. Yeah, they, you, you, um, you mentioned all the games lost to COVID, and they're coming off a weekend where, you know, they, I think they lost one of their games by a point, another one by four. Uh, I've been a little surprised, and yet in terms of their overall record this year, Coach, but maybe nothing should surprise me this year in the Sun Belt considering, I guess, all the um, outside intangibles, if you will, whether it be COVID and everything else that involves it in the scheduling little surprised by them um, so far, but you mentioned, I guess, the experience they have on the team. And I know just the history and certainly the recent history between the two teams. Fans get excited about this matchup each year, and I'm sure Thursday night of the Cajun Dome, the, uh, the Cajun fans in attendance are going to be fired up to uh, see the Cajuns and the Panthers go at it again. Yeah, it's always a good rivalry game, and we've we played well against them at home. They've beaten us here before, and we're looking forward to Closing a building uh, up in Atlanta. That'll be the last game. If, if that game's played, that'll be the last game, I think, in, in the, the sports arena there before they move into a new arena next year. But uh, good rivalry. We expect a good crowd, good student crowd, and it uh, should be a lot of fun on Thursday. All right, Louisiana Coach Bob Marlin has been our guest. Coach, my final question, uh, not specific to your team, but I know how much you love baseball. I know you're a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um, I know you hold it against me uh, for being a Mets fan, and that's okay. But when you're when you're not working, right? I've talked to you before about maybe a TV show you and your wife watch. What sport? Like, are you able to watch basketball and like enjoy it regardless of who's playing, or is it just kind of the coaching you like? Which 
Which sport do you watch that kind of helps you relax a little bit? Is is watching sports ever relaxing for you, or does your fandom or coaching just kind of take over? Well, it, I, I hope it's relaxing because I watch it a lot. Uh, but I'm a fan of college basketball. I know a lot of coaches and players that you recruit, and I enjoy watching games. My wife loves to watch basketball. She watches Alfred play almost every game. Uh, but I uh, was able to watch a little football this past weekend and on Sunday, not Saturday, but Sunday, uh, watched the, 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 the two games and what tremendous endings in both. And then the last game, the Bills and Chiefs, was just incredible, those quarterbacks. It was like a, a basketball game going back and forth, and whoever got it last is going to hit the game winner. Yeah. It's wild that Patrick Mahomes threw for 177 yards after the two-minute warning when they didn't even have the ball after the two-minute warning. So, uh, what, 20-something points scored after the two-minute warning. It did. It was funny. I was talking to Seth Lewis from TV3 about it yesterday, and he's like, man, it, it felt like if you're in the Elite Eight and every single game goes to overtime and ends on a buzzer beater, it was probably the best weekend of NFL football uh, that the league's ever had. Not that they need any help, but... I mean, it's just what it is about sports, Coach. I mean, I you know we can watch TV shows and movies and and read books, and they're all good. But there's something about a moment in sports, in any sport. But if we're talking basketball, baseball, or football, that you just can't recreate anywhere else. The drama, um, you know, pageantry is a big part of it. But to me, it's just it's the drama, those close games, and you know, people giving their absolute all. You can't can't recreate it. It's it's. I think the drama of March Madness is uh, is second to none, but I think the drama of the NFL playoffs, you know, what we saw last week, and that's that's hard to be too, man. Yeah, good, really good stuff. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, I guess, I, the, I didn't see in the game on Saturday, but what they've done, and I think they weren't projected in being a playoffs, right? So Yeah, no. Uh, but the, the, the NFL, I don't watch a lot other than the Saints. Uh, except for maybe one matchup or something, but the the playoffs are kind of like the NBA. When it gets to the end, and you see how elite some of these professional athletes are, and the precision with which they play, uh, you can't help but appreciate it. Bob Marlin has been our guest, Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach. Men playing at home. They've got uh, more of them this week, this Thursday against Georgia State. 7 o'clock tip uh, on the airwaves at 6.30. And then uh, on Saturday, 7 o'clock tip. Again, we're on the airwaves, 6.30. Jay Walker has the call from Learfield for you. Uh, Bob, appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, thanks for the updates. And we'll see you out of the Cajun home. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Scott. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. That is Louisiana head coach Bob Marlin. Appreciate him and Coach Broadhead coming on. Jay Walker coming your way in studio in the 8 o'clock hour with me. We'll talk some college hoops from around the state, around the country. We'll talk NFL football as well. The divisional round that was. As Aaron Rodgers played his last game in a Packers uniform. I'll give you the answer to that next right here. I'm Scott Frather. Plus, phone lines are open for you. 337-269-1077. You want to get on the show, hit me up. Reach out via Twitter at ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Welcome back into the great Scott show on ESPN Lafayette. Best ticket in sports. Short break here. So we'll open up phone lines once Jay gets in studio uh, next hour. Really short segment. Trying to stay on schedule here. I go way past eight before I hit the close. Aaron Rodgers. What is Aaron Rodgers' future? I tell you what his present is. Very, very disappointing in the postseason. I mean, come on, bro. Oh, special teams, special teams, special teams, special MVP, supposedly, and and you, you, I mean, opening drive touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and, like, can't get a touchdown the rest of the game? Ten points in a playoff game with plenty of rest heading in against the team that has Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback? What? Okay. Rather than, than, than sit here and dissect Rodgers and accolades lack thereof or a lot of times lack thereof what about his future because as soon as that game ended questions about his future began he's still stuck on one Super Bowl appearance and one Super Bowl victory after 14 seasons as a Packers starting quarterback Kind of like Drew Brees, stuck on one thing, can't get past it, although Drew won a lot of home games, something Rodgers hadn't been able to do in the playoffs enough. Rodgers said after, it's going to take some time, some conversations with the folks around here, and take some time away, make a decision, obviously before free agency. Yeah. You go 13-3 and three in three consecutive regular seasons. This year, you're the one seed again. And none of those times you get in the Super I mean, they won the Super Bowl as, as a sixth seed 11 years ago. Since then, they're, they're 500 in the playoffs. 0-4 in NFC title games. 5-3 and three in the divisional round. And yet, Rodgers is the strong favorite to win his second consecutive regular season MVP. Hard to believe he's been on the Packers since 2005. I mean, it has been a while. It'd be weird to see him in a different uniform. But there are parameters that could easily facilitate a deal that would get him out. And as the clock ticks before he's going to request a trade, and I'm telling you right now, he will. Trading him before June 1st, there's $26.8 million in dead money. It would also give him 19.6 in salary cap relief for 2022. With a June 1st designation, the dead money would be spread out over two years and uh, bump up the cap relief to $27.2 mil. My point is this: Don't if this if if he's going to be gone elsewhere, you're going to hear about it kind of early in the off season. I don't think this thing is something that drags out into training camp. Matt Lafleur said, "Yeah, it'd be dumb to not want him back here." Of course. Tom Brady got his pick of a second team. Matt Stafford got a late shot at his career, traded to another team. Russell Wilson's talking like he wants to move. Aaron Rodgers. More questions than answers right now. And after the latest playoff disappointment, if you're the Packers, do you say, look, I mean, 
Certainly Matt LaFleur wouldn't. He wants to win now. His job's there. But, I mean, come on. The Packers would have no shot at a fourth straight 13-win season if they went to Jordan Love. Everybody knows that. But do you have a shot at a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers the way the last several seasons have played out? Aaron Rodgers is gone. He'll request a trade. The Packers will say they're not going to do it, and at some point, eventually, they're going to agree to it, and he'll be traded. Maybe it's Denver. Maybe it's somewhere in the AFC. I don't know where it's going to be. But next year, I don't think he's going to be in Green Bay. Heck, Denver. I mean, maybe if you're Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't you want to go somewhere where you're warm temperatures or inside? The Packers playing in the freezing cold were built like a dome team. But he's going to be 38, or he is 38. He'll turn 39 at some point next season. If you own a few more years, maybe Denver's not the answer because you're going back to the cold. Wherever it is, it's not going to be in Green Bay next year. We'll ask Jay Walker where he thinks Aaron Rodgers will be next year. Sean Payton rumors, NFC playoff talk, championship game talk, divisional round talk, college basketball talk, UL and LSU, terrible tune Tuesday, open phone lines and more. It's all coming your way right here on the great Scott show. Jay Walker in studio with me after this. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Full terms and conditions. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a Tuesday. 
Joining me now, my friend, voice of the Raging Cajuns, the opinionated diverse Birdman, ODB, Mr. Jay Walker. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. How was, uh, was your, did your heart rate go up just watching football well, over the weekend? Pretty much, yeah. Now, I missed the Saturday games, okay? Um, when um, I was getting ready to go on the air for the uh, for the game Saturday was about the time that uh, Cincinnati kicked a field goal to win. And by the time I got home, there was a little over a minute left in the in the Green Bay game. So I really didn't see those games, but I did see all of the the two on on Sunday. And you know, it was probably the greatest football weekend ever. I think I, I said this yesterday for anybody excluding like your fandom, maybe your favorite weekend ever is when your team did something. If you take your fandom out of it and just from a entertainment standpoint, you know, the super wild card weekend with the exception of, you know, the Cowboys um, getting beat by the Niners pretty bad. Mm-hmm. They followed it up with the NFL follows it up with the best weekend of, of football ever. Yeah. The um, now, you know, I've got friends who are Packers fans, and so, you know, I kind of felt for them. And I've got, um, you know, I'll tell you who I, who I really felt for. John Duga over at the Complex. Bills fan. And, um, and, and, and Katie Turner, who used to be here as the on-campus recruiting director, now with Billy Napier at Florida, she's from Buffalo. And um, I really felt for those two because... Everybody thought it was over with 13 seconds left. How many people do you think were joking when they tweeted, 13 seconds is too much time for Patrick Mahomes, and then were like, no, I wasn't joking. Man. 13 seconds was too much time for Patrick Mahomes. You got you to squib it there. You, gotta, you can't just kick it into the end zone. Make him return or kick it up. Make him return it. Do something. Take time off the clock. That was, that was, just, that was just crazy. It was. Um, thought about my mom, though. Because she's a big Patrick Mahomes guy. Yeah. And I, I, I took a picture of, of her holding up Patrick Mahomes cereal right next to her face and uh, put that on my Facebook page. I said, Mommy did it again. It was the. Can you remember a game where the two quarterbacks played at that high of a level? No. A pro game. No. Right? No. I mean, Josh Allen was in he minimum 50 attempts for a postseason. He threw more than that. Highest quarterback rating ever in, in the history of the NFL postseason. Second on the list is Montana. God, I forget who was third. But both of the guys that were second and third won the Super Bowl. Right. And Josh Allen's going home. You know, I said before the game, especially after watching the way the first three unfolded, I said, whoever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl. And I still believe that. Okay, I believe, you know, Kansas City's my pick to, uh, to win it all. Um, they were my preseason pick to win it all. Of course, I had them beating the Packers who got iced yeah at, at their own ice bowl two years ago they lost to the Niners at San Francisco and afterwards Rogers said well it's important we got to have one of these at home you know just different yeah. conditions mm-hmm. well you had it at home and it was Jimmy G and the Niners again yeah. and you choked yep that was um I don't know man I know it was Sunday but I'm still reeling off that game. Like in the final two in the in the final minute and 54 seconds of regulation there were 25 points scored. Yeah. And I know that like in some cases guys were getting beat but you didn't 
unlike the Tampa LA game where you got the sense that like that guy's totally out of position. This guy's screwing up. Wait, they did what? Like how many how many waves are these teams trying to give away the game? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that. No. It, when you're watching Chiefs Bills, it felt like, oh my God, that's just that's not someone choking. That's someone just performing their job at the highest level. Absolutely. And that's why it felt that's why everybody was like, I think that was the most entertaining game I've ever seen. Oh, it was great. It was only, great. Only three games left now. Yep. Uh in the NFL. And I, I don't they could be three clunkers. I mean, they could be three awesome games. I just think it's going to be hard to beat. What oh, you're not going to you're not going to beat what you saw over the weekend. You're just not. It was something, man. It was something. Um, Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, Rams. I don't. I didn't really like any of the teams in the NFC. I was kind of impartial to Arizona, and and to be completely honest, I don't even necessarily dislike the Cowboys. I don't like them. Let's be clear. Okay. But I don't I don't hate them the way many do, but because of Norman Locke, I was I was sure. you know, I was very much like, All right, all right, you you've been writing checks all year. It's time uh, to pay up. Yeah. All yeah. those checks bounced last week too, by the way. Yes, they um, did. But yeah, I was just like, you know what, I whoever comes out of the AFC I'll be rooting for. But like Buffalo, man, you've now got Norwood, Music City Miracle, and thirteen seconds. Yep. I'm, and that's a good fan base. Like you mentioned, Duga. I mean, I was I was at the Thanksgiving game where the Saints were, you know, out there with the JV team and the Bills roasted them. But their fans genuinely were like having a blast. But they weren't they weren't obnoxious. Let me tell you, I I've been around some obnoxious obnoxious fan bases when they are a, a, a road team traveling to a new city, and I don't know. It just made me be like, you know what, you guys, you guys have been, you guys deserve it. You've been through a lot. I mean, they're heartbreak. I really do feel for. Them. Oh, I do too. I do too, absolutely. I'm, um, you know, the, the the NFC Championship game. I, I I would love to see Eli get to the Super Bowl, and at the same time, y'all shut up about Matthew Stafford, okay? Just shut up. And I would like to see him deliver the ultimate shut up, because I like Matthew Stafford, and I think he's gotten a bum rap over the years. Oh, well, he did that. They can't do this and then this and that. He was playing with the Lions for crying out loud. Well, he had to, he, if they blow that game, so much of it's on him. Even though the mistakes were two Kim Akers fumbles, a ridiculous snap over his head, right? But that's how it goes when you're the QB. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's the other thing. People are like, oh, well, first of all, of the four games, I thought that one was, was the worst because the last quarter was entertaining, but the rest of it wasn't. Um, but that's why I mean people were saying the Niners Packers game wasn't and like when you when the stakes are that high and the the pressure and the 24/7 365 talk about QBs and legacies and all this stuff and the pressure and is Aaron Rodgers going to play his last game are they going to actually blow it there's so much put on the postseason especially on the quarterback position when you're talking about discussions we'll have 5 10 15 20 years from now that's why those moments feel like okay, it wasn't great offense, but it's still like the if it's a regular season game, blah. But th- there's something about that tension and what's on the line that just makes it that much more entertaining. And and I think you know, look, defensive football games can be very entertaining. You know, I I realize that 25 points in a minute 50 is extremely entertaining, but defensive games can be entertaining too. And um, from what I understand, and again, I, I only saw about the last minute and a half of it, that it was an entertaining game. Um, 
you're right in that the least entertaining game was the Tampa game because it was out of control for so long, and then all of a sudden it was in control again. Thanks to, like, huge mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, wait, you know, oh, Tom Brady. Hey, let me tell you something. They don't, they don't keep putting the football on the, on the ground. We're not going, oh, Tom Brady. We're not doing that. Right. Now, to his credit, you know, he took advantage of the mistakes, but... Brady, and uh, the last time you didn't have a championship weekend in the NFL without either Brady or Rodgers, why do you ponder passing? This is not Detroit. That year you had Breeze, Favre, Peyton Manning, and Mark Sanchez. Of course. It's been that long since you didn't have any of those. Now you you got Burrow, who... People can say whatever they want. Jay and I were talking about that kid before the 2019 season of this guy's going to be. Now, look, we didn't say he's going to be the number one overall pick. We said he's going to be way better than a six round draft pick. This guy is special. Um, And he is. I mean, he got got sacked nine times and they won. Well, he got sacked nine times and completed nine passes. You know, I mean, it. it, It's 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 for him. It's kind of like it's the it's the moments when he does his work that mm -hmm. that's super impressive. And you got Jimmy G, and you got of course. you know some some pretty good ones in Stafford, and uh, and and then you know the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. What's well, rodeo? Should be fun this weekend. Sean Payton, where's he going to be next year? He's either going to be on his couch or he's going to be in the Superdome, or at a studio. Right. Well, no, I think you know there's been some talk about him maybe taking a year off. If he takes a year off, I think he takes a year off. I I think he gets away from football. I I, I still think he'll be back in the Dome next year. I do too. But I do, I was saying this last hour, you know, when Gail Benson's like, I don't know, we haven't talked to him, you know, even though he was back in the, there there are people laughing like, oh, well, you know, the the home team is coming out uh, tomorrow, by the way. It's just all a promotion for the Adam Sandler movie. Others are saying it's a ploy to get some more money, even though he's making buku money. And others are like, no, he's genuinely exhausted. He's not going to coach another team next year. But the only avenue where Sean Payton would leave the Saints would be taking a year off and then coming back to the league. And then in that case, would be with a different team. I mean, I I suppose there's one wacky scenario where he takes a year off, the team completely crumbles, and then they're like, come back. But that's highly, highly unlikely. If If he leaves to take a year off, he will coach again, and it won't be with the Saints. Well... I, I still think he'll be on the same sideline next year. I mean, they were that close to getting in despite all that stuff that happened. Just, I mean, Saints get decent quarterback play next year. They'd be right back in the mix. Sure. You've got a four seed, a two seed, a four seed, and a six seed in your championship games. Um, the NFL's the NFL's wide open right now, and it should be fun. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, Jay Walker. I talked to Bob Marlin last hour. They got the win on Saturday. Uh, no Jordan Brown. Um, shoulder sprain, so not sure he could be back Thursday. He might not be. But, um, you know, I've been saying for, for a little while, I think this team just goes as far as their guard play is going to take them. And I think a big key is Greg Williams. Now, he played good the other night. Yeah. Asking Coach Marlin about him last hour, he said he really has challenged him to be more aggressive Think about Williams, and, and Eric Mouton was, was talking to me about this last week. He thinks he's playing professionally, maybe not the NBA, but but professionally somewhere. And when he's done with college, and he's got that kind of talent. 
Do you feel like for him it's about sort of having a defined role or lack thereof? Like where where are you at with Greg Williams within the Cajuns' offense? Well, I I I, I agree with Bob Marlin. Okay, and I've been saying it all year long. I, you know, I think playing him at the one at the beginning of the season, it was just he was just fish out of water, and because he was playing the one, he was looking to distribute and not looking for his shot. I think now, whether he's starting or coming off the bench at the two spot, I think is much better for him. Um, Because, look, they brought Greg Williams in to to score the basketball. That's why they got him. And he's very capable. And he had a big shot. And I'm hoping that that jump starts him a little bit and and lets him go, okay, I, I got it now. Because I think he's capable of going out and getting you 14, 16 points every night. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I want him to be more selfish. How's, how's that? Yeah, look, he's got, he's got the outside shot, and he's got great touch in the paint and around the rim. Yep. I mean, he can score a multitude of ways. And I think, we, I think you, when you watch the Cajuns, you, you know what they have in the paint, certainly with Akuba, with Brown, and, and Duguay, and others. But when you get to the conference tournament, as long, assuming you're settled in the paint, which I, I think the Cajuns are on the interior, if your guard play can perform at a high level, you can advance. If they don't, you can be one and done. I mean, that's... It's still it's, a guards league, dude. Yeah, it it is about winning enough to position yourself for a good seed in the tournament <clears throat> and then trying to win the tournament. I mean, that's that's the goal. And to do it, you're you're going to do it as... Basically, you're going to go as far as your guards take you. Yep. And um, that's been the key. And I, it's been a weird year in that... You know, if they win tomorrow and maybe even Saturday, uh, and they're playing the two teams at the bottom of the stands in the Sun Belt, you look at their schedule this year, Jay, it's three wins, three losses, two wins, two losses, three wins, two losses, two wins, three. They haven't had a a single week or back-to-back where it's win-loss or loss-win. It's all just been streaks. Now, they're on, they have one win right now. Hopefully that streak can continue. But, you know, I think it's it's a sign of, how much they've had to change their lineup. I think it's a sign of the Sun Belt this year. I think it's a variety of things. But I, I can't remember a, a season where, to this point here, as, as we're entering February next week, it's all the whole season at this point has just been streaks. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you've only had one game where everybody who was eligible to play was actually in uniform ready to play, and that was Thursday in the loss to South Alabama. Um, you know, I, I look around the league, and... I see a lot of teams that are kind of the same. You know, this is, now you can call it parody, you can call it mediocrity, you can call it whatever you want. Um, but I don't see where there's, there's, there's a team that makes me go, wow, this team's really good. Now, I think Georgia State has that kind of personnel because they've got five super seniors on that team. But they're 0-4 in the league, and the reason they're 0-4 in the league is because, we said, it's a guards league, and Kane Williams and and Corey Allen aren't scoring the basketball. Kane Williams is shooting like, I don't know, 15% from three-point range. This guy's a good three-point shooter. He can't get anything to fall. Now, there's going to come a time when the baskets start falling for them. And when it happens, they're going to start playing like a one seed uh, because I think they're that good. But, but I look at the rest of it, and, you know, I can find holes in everybody's team. And, you know, I, I was on the radio with Brad Bobo in Jonesboro yesterday, and he said, what do you think? And I said, I said, well, look, Norchad O'Meara is not human. 
We need to have some sort of test done to find out, you know, where the, the, the microbes are in this kid's body because he's just not human. But you only go as far as your guards are going to take you. And in the, the one game that they lost in conference play, their three starting guards went six for 36. Now, those guys are good and very, very capable. But they still got to go to the Carolinas. They still got to go to Alabama. And they still got to go to Texas. You know, that's six tough road games. So, you know, I think the team that wins on the road is the one that's going to have the great seed. But that tournament's going to be wide open. It's dude. wide open. It's going to be and wide open. When you consider the cancellations and stuff, you're talking about seeds being separated by half games and mm-hmm. like crazy tiebreakers. I mean, I know we. I know it's cliche to say every win counts, but man, does it this year because you could. I, I'm talking the difference between three or four seeds might be separated by a half game. You know, it's crazy. Is Arkansas State this year? They don't play the Georgia schools because both of those games are can't. No, I'm sorry. They played Georgia Southern, so they don't play Georgia State. They had their two games with their big rival canceled, and that's Little Rock. Um, and you know, we're all saying, "Gee, I hope we're all past the COVID thing now." But there's no guarantee that, that we could, are. That could eliminate a team in the tournament that didn't even get to play. It's um, which would be. Which would be an awful way to end the season. Yeah, it would be. But it, it is, um, that league is wide open, man. It's wide open. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, Jay Walker, coming up on 19 after the hour. We're going to circle back, talk some more college hoops a, a little bit later. Actually, we're going we're to circle back to the NFL. I wanted to ask you um, a little bit about LSU hoops and Boy, they were playing really strong for a while, and now they're finding themselves kind of in a a slump, I guess would be one way to put it. But well, they're with, without their point guard for, for a few games. I, I They didn't, right. And that's why when you go on a three-game losing streak, you don't drop in the standings like by a large margin. I think they dropped maybe six spots. And you would, if you didn't know that, you'd look at it and be like, well, how come they didn't drop more? But... Is LSU, are they, are they a threat in the SEC this year, in the SEC tourney? Are they a threat in the NCAA tourney? I, let me tell you what I like about LSU, for just from a um, just sitting there and watching standpoint. I think that since Will Wade has been there, they've been a very offensive team. Uh, they've, they've, they've had the ability to shoot the three-point shot, score the basketball, get multiple shots inside, and, and really score a lot of points. This is his best defensive team, I think. And um, and when you can go out and guard every night, you're always going to have a chance to win. So my answer to your question is yes, I, I, I think they can be a dangerous team for the rest of the season in the NCAA tournament and in, in the uh, and in the SEC tournament because they can guard. Uh, on, you know, I think better than in any of the teams that he's had. I know they're playing uh, a And M. I think tomorrow. Why are they? They're playing at TCU Saturday. That's part of the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. I, I didn't realize they just did that like in the middle of conference play. Yeah, they do. They do. Interesting. TCU's. I think they they got a pretty good record. Um, you know, I, I look at the SEC and I look at look at Auburn and I'm like, man, Bruce Pearl's living his best life right now. Boy, is he ever! Number one for the first time in school history in hoops, and uh, they're good. They're they're really good. March isn't that far away, dude. It's not. March isn't that far away. It's just, I love March Madness, man. It's the best. ESPN Lafayette. All right. 
Shoulda and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Oh, yeah. Sell zone, yo. Macaron. Yeah, macaron. No, Chacaron. 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 Great Scott Show, Scott Prather, Jay Walker. On a Tuesday, overtime rule. We'll get into that in just a moment, but I uh, got a couple of lines let up. 337-269-1077. I think a few familiar voices that you might recognize that have been on hold. Uh, let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome in. Good morning, Scott. It's Mr. Norman Locke. Yes, 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 yes. I called to say, Lyndon said he was going to get your breakfast. I want to tell everybody on the airwaves, Lyndon said that he was going to be a, a gentleman and an honorable one and buy everybody an entire ESPN Lafayette breakfast. And I just want to get that news out I there. Feel like, uh, I feel like I don't trust you, and uh, I feel like this is a lie, <laughs> and you still owe me breakfast Thursday from a bet that you lost. So... And we all know Lynn doesn't make good on bets until like three months after the fact. I mean, you're better than that. Come on. Yeah, I am. I am better than that. I am better than that. I am better than that. But, I, you know, I really called in because these rumors surrounding Sean Payton has just been attacking my mental. Scott, I just, I don't know if I can just wait until Thursday to to see if, if it's true, you know. It happens yearly, but, you know, you're the aficionado. Is Sean Payton really leaving the New Orleans Saints, Scott? happening? 10% chance he won't be on the Saints next year. Okay, 10%. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Yeah. That's pretty low. I, I, look, forward, I, I look forward to my breakfast Thursday. Good, good, have a good day. <laughs> and, and, and Norm, Scott's not talking about an egg muffin and a, and, a, oh. and a drink. I mean, you know, we're talking about breakfast. Okay. <laughs> That's right, man. I mean, I'm I'm talking the crawfish omelet from another broken egg. Or that's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I think it's just from Chick Fil A or something. It was actually it was a Pelicans bet. He was trying to dog on Herb Jones, who's like as a second round pick is. I've never seen a rookie with a higher defensive IQ in the NBA ever. They got him in the second round pick, and he's gonna be he's gonna be the best player on the team, but he'll be a cornerstone for the franchise for years. Enormous trying to. Like, he's not that good. Da, 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 da. I was like, not that good. He's like, where is his jersey? I'm like, I guarantee you they'll be selling his jersey in the team store by the end of January. They just didn't order any before the season because he's a second-round pick. We bet breakfast on it, and a huge shipment of Herb Jones jerseys arrived go. at the Smoothie there, King Center last go. night. That guy. When you get a second-round pick in a draft as a rookie, I remember Willie Green started him in the second game, and everyone's like, Ooh, you know it's bad when that many players are hurt and they're having to start a rookie second rounder. And you know it's bad when we're taking up 
our time together for you to talk about the last place team in the in the Western Division. They're not in last place. Team. Okay, I'm, well, great. You, you don't come on. You great. Don't they're gonna be. They're gonna be no, in the postseason. They're, ho- they're horrible. No, they're not. You haven't been paying it. You no, know, you're what? right. I haven't been paying attention since, after they started like one in sixty yes. or whatever it was. And since then, I quit they have paying the attention. Best record in the West. Oh, good. So there you go. All right, Jay, hating as usual. The overtime rules. Everyone just caught in their feelings right now. Are they going to change it? Uh, I think everybody's caught in their feelings right now. Now I'll tell you what I would like to see in the playoffs. Only in the only in the playoffs. Playoffs. Keep it the keep it the way it is in the regular season. I would like for the teams to play a fifteen minute overtime period, and then whoever wins the game wins the game. And not a sudden death thing. Fifteen minutes, and if it's still tied, then you go to sudden death. I don't like it. That's that's fine. You don't have to like, like it. it. I'm telling you what I'd like to see. 15 minutes. Like, there are some teams that are on short weeks. You're going to make them play a whole Dude, extra quarter? Well, what are you going to do if neither team scores? At the end of 15, are you so yes. okay, well, we're going to flip a coin to see who gets of to go to the not. next. Okay. But so you're, so. No, you're talking about an extremely rare situation. There have been three games in NFL history that have gone to double overtime. Three. In this case, you're, you're guaranteeing every OT game in the playoffs goes a whole extra quarter. You got a team right, playing on 10 short minutes. Make it 10 minutes like you do the overtime period during the regular season. You can't, in, but, and then after that is sudden death? After that is sudden death. I think. Uh, Timing and context of everything, like, if this happened in the AFC title now, game, I think you could all but guarantee, oh, there's, there's change coming. Now, let me, let me also take the other side of this. All you had to do is play defense for 13 seconds, and we're not having this argument. 13 seconds. All right, so it's, you know, you sit there and whine all you want to, but... 13 it, seconds. It, that's what I said. No, no, I'm just repeating it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm heightening your point. So, it, so you know, it's hard for me to feel sorry for the Bills that they didn't get the, their hands on the football in overtime because all they had to do was play defense for 13 seconds. Right. It, 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 that's the big one. If you want to say, look, it's hard to – you're playing Patrick Mahomes in an overtime. But I get it in overtime. It's the 13 seconds part that it's like, okay. Because if you want to argue that the rules should be changed because – it benefits too much of the strong offenses, and the rule book has been slowly altered year by year for the last 20 years to give major advantages to the offense, so therefore they should make a change. All right, but I mean, just just change it for the playoffs where every team each gets a possession. Like, do you have to do it for the regular season? If you change the rule completely where even if the first team scores a touchdown, the other team gets a possession – you realize we're going to have more ties in the regular season, right? Because they, they had this dumb idea that let's cut it back to 10 minutes for player safety, which is absurd. You're going to get more ties. Are, are regular season ties a good thing for the NFL? Nope. How'd I do with that? The Saints love the sudden death overtime because it helped them get into the Super Bowl. And then the next year it was changed. You know why it was changed? Because Brett Favre didn't get another shot. If Tracy Porter took back the interception against Favre to the house, I don't know that you, you'd see the rule change the next You year. wouldn't have seen the rule change. I, it might still be sudden death until this weekend, but, like, it, it's, it's about the moments, who's involved. And, again, if that Saints-Vikings game was in a divisional round and not the championship game, and I'll even add to that, let's say it was in the divisional round against the Cardinals who they whooped that year, nobody's talking about it. 
the Bills are a feel-good story. Everyone's loving Josh Allen right now, and it was like a drug. It was this incredible game, and everybody's like, oh, my God, why did it have to end? I'm jonesing for more and more and more. You took it away. If you have two great championship games, a good Super Bowl, you got all, it'll eventually die down. Yeah, I think so. Two years ago, someone said, I don't like the rule at all. I want to, definitely would have loved to have a chance to touch the ball. I think the rule needs to be changed. You know who said that two years ago? Travis Kelsey. Check that, three years ago. It, it was for whatever it was that they lost to the Patriots, okay? Mm-hmm. The 2018 season. It happened the same day as the... And you know why it wasn't nearly as big a deal? Because that same day was the nefarious no-call at the Superdome, which took all of the headlines. Right. Travis Kelsey said... Travis Kelsey ain't saying that this time. He catches the game-winning score ball game. He's not saying it. It's it's about context and timing. I I don't think they're going to change the rule. If they do, Jay, I think it's just going to be OT. Now, you gave your pieces what you think they should do, but... You don't think if they do make a change, that would be where they would go, do you? That's just what you would do? That's just what I would do. I mean, look, I would have loved it the other night. Give us 15 more minutes of that. Can you imagine? ESPN Lafayette. Jay Walker's got some hoops for you on the airwaves. Thursday, Saturday, two more home games. Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and uh, be on the air. 6.30 for both of those games. Here, as well as News Talk 96.5 KPEL, and uh, that is powered by Learfield. Yes, it is. Final thoughts from you. Um, today is the 25th of January. It is a Tuesday. And so we have just 24 more sleeps till baseball starts. It's hard to believe. Just 17 sleeps till softball starts. Right there. It's, it's like right in front of us. Yeah, Coach the month from hell is about to begin. Yeah. But five weeks of just pure chaos. Actually, it's, it's more like three now because they've moved the tournament up. So it's about three and a half. Three and a half weeks of where, where are we? Mm-hmm. Who's, doing, who's, who's, who's doing on what? what station? Who's on what station? Who's doing the games? Who's what producing? city is Jay in today? What city is Jay in today? Who has the equipment? Scott, it's not coming on. You need to run to the station and figure this out. Thank goodness we have Fluffy. Where are you? Dan Patrick's com- just our next. Com- our comfort dog. <laughs> ESPN Lafayette. If, if Fluffy is this girl's comfort dog, what is that girl to Fluffy? Boy, no kidding torture. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to sing that to Jagger and see how he responds. Can you film it? Sure. Send it to me. All right. Look for that tonight, everybody. That's Jay. I'm Scott. Don't go anywhere. By my
What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 